Welcome to the Sensualchemy School podcast, where we explore grief, pleasure, and the sometimes messy, always beautiful paradox that exists between the two. Here, as we center the experience of our wise bodies through the archetypal feminine, we ask, within a culture that perceives emotional, intuitive, and creative intelligence as inferior and avoids pain at all costs, what if grief were our compass and pleasure our medicine? My name is Kate Leeper, and I'm so grateful you're here. Hey, hey, wonderful ones. Welcome to the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. My name is Kate Leeper. I am a feminine embodiment coach with a background as an educator and psychotherapist and the creatress of the Sensual Alchemy School of Embodied Grief and Pleasure. And speaking of pleasure, what a pleasure it is to be bringing you yet another juicy conversation today, a conversation that I hope will be revelatory for you in all facets of your life, not just in the traditional sense of leadership. And this is the first big highlight I want to make as we open our topic of exploration, which is all about embracing the darkness in aid of your potent feminine leadership. Now, we'll be pulling apart this notion of who a leader is before we dive into what makes a good one. Because when we speak to feminine leadership, and women who lead at Sensual Alchemy School, we have, surprise, surprise, quite the reframe for you. But just before I go headfirst into that one, I wanted to give a final shout out to those of you on the fence about joining the five-week online immersion I'm facilitating that kicks off tomorrow, Thursday, the 6th of October, Australian time. Now it's called Women, Grief and Power, and it's going to be fire my loves. So if you're wanting a safe space to understand the ways you're holding past and present grief in the unique constellation of your body's felt experience and how this translates into your own grief shadow that follows you around in your partnering, mothering and career, then this is for you. Now, you'll be learning how to move with these shadows, to transmute them into power as opposed to suppressing or avoiding them, which is essentially working against them and can cause so much emotional turmoil, disconnect, and of course, barriers to pleasure. So it's going to be a kick-ass way to head into the close of this year and set yourself up with more clarity, better boundaries, more internal emotional spaciousness and a greater capacity for pleasure and creativity. So do yourself a favor, head over to kateleeper.com slash power now or after this episode, maybe. (laughs) And even though the container opens tomorrow, we won't officially start the classes until Monday, the 10th of October. So you're welcome to jump in anytime before that date. Okay, so today's topic is perfectly poised to close out this conversation we've been having around women, grief and power. 
Now, we'll always be referring to this in some way on the podcast, but I've been receiving some great questions and messages about the work I'm offering and whether or not certain women are a good fit. So this brings me to clarifying who is a woman leader in this context. I had a beloved client confess to me a little while ago that although when I speak to creative feminine leadership, something in her felt experience lights up and she knows this work is for her. Her mind immediately hijacks this knowing with a story about the fact that her full-time work at the moment is mothering young children and she's not off climbing corporate ladders or building any kind of a big business, right? And so I want to redefine leadership here and I want to give you full permission to claim yourself as a leader outside of the very limited framework that we're used to. Like you have to be the head honcho of a billion dollar company, wear a suit or rule over a gigantic team. Nope. Creative feminine leadership is not concerned with all that jazz. Creative feminine leadership is concerned with a life of full-bodied human expression, with building relationships, creating homes and livelihoods that are more depth and flow and less shallow go just for go's sake, and with developing attunement to and working with cycles, seasons and collective cohesion, with acknowledging the beauty in both heartache and joy and allowing that to be a fuel for change and evolution. So here's what I need you to know. If these ways I've described of showing up as a human being calls to you, they feel aligned and in integrity with you, yet you aren't necessarily leading a huge team in the traditional career sense of patriarchy, but maybe instead your time is devoted to mothering right now or you're working within a team, not at the head of one, well, guess what? You're still a creative feminine leader. And the reason is this. At this time in history, it's revolutionary, particularly for women, to choose to trust in the wisdom of the body. It's revolutionary to intentionally make space for grief and for pleasure above and beyond the narrative of having to earn pleasure or be worthy of it. It's revolutionary to prioritize and tend to creativity as vital to health and wellness. So if you derive groundedness and aliveness from being in devotion to the feminine, this is no accident. You're primed this way and your embodied homecoming deserves great reverence because as you become more and more alive in your own skin, this ripple effect is leadership like no other. Your clarity and genuine expression becomes contagious and serves to be illuminating for everyone around you. I'm sure you're familiar with seeing leaders of all gender expressions in positions of power who radiate absolutely no aliveness in their being. 
who speak words that are at great conflict with their body language and who appear emotionally disconnected and repressed. Now, to me, they aren't leaders. They are puppets playing out a role, many times a role that was handed to them because of their proximity or accessibility to power, be it because of the color of their skin or wealth and social status or their family of origin, or because in most cases, it's men that hold powerful positions in our society. There's inherently an unearned privilege that becomes internalized in men. And that gives them confidence to claim a vision and to say what the hell they want to say. And this hasn't been afforded to women. So it feels incredibly bold and arsy to step up and be seen and heard in leadership positions. So my take is not to have to muster up the courage, you know, as a woman, but to actually devote to the innate depth and wisdom of the feminine as a source of powerful leadership. Leadership that is by default rooted in embodied connection and is congruent and emotionally intelligent. Now, as a side note, where I've referenced where traditional forms of leadership are lacking, I also think it's important to mention a contemporary form of leadership that has emerged that personally for me is a major turnoff and has my alarm bells ringing hard. And yet I also understand the appeal because it enables people to subscribe to a way of being that essentially shuns anything our society perceives as negative. Now, if you're someone familiar with new age spiritual movements, and or the billion dollar wellness industry, you'll know I'm speaking to a kind of high vibe leadership style that those fronting these kinds of campaigns are often all about. Social media is flooded with it. People clutching onto positive psychology or skerricks of quantum physics theory that they've kind of twisted into messages that promote the denial of grief, anger, trauma, and shame because smile sell, right? (laughs) Shiny, happy people sell. And look, yes, that can be true. But more and more, I feel like people are so tired of pretending. And so they crave leadership that speaks to honesty, maturity, and humanness. And this is why as women who lead, whether in a family room, a classroom, a boardroom, a Zoom room, if you have traversed your own darkness and you've befriended the shadows of your grief and welcomed them in, your people will find you and love you for it. I don't trust a high vibes only leader. I just can't deal. You know, it just screams empty and shallow in a world that is desperate for deeper vulnerability and connection. So now we're kind of coming into the heart of today's podcast episode. I believe that women who are not afraid of their sorrows, who have devoted to the darkness, are the leaders we need. I believe that the honest, impactful and sustainable leadership 
that we require in these times is born of a willingness to meet with the darkness of humanity and that women having been forced into so much loss and feminine wounding for generations are made for this kind of leadership. I remember how much shifted for me and my work after my sister died. I recall having this moment that I refer to as the fuck it factor. (laughs) You might recognize this in your own life. It's where all of a sudden everything comes into sharp focus and there's this realization that at once both nothing and everything matters. And so because ultimately we all die, no one has any idea about what the fuck this whole human existence thing is. And so screw it. I'm just going to say, do what is on my heart and show up without any fear. And at the same time, this poignancy about how important it is to live fully and to make your one precious life matter also rises up so powerfully. And so this also brings with it the fuck it factor. You know, it seems, it does seem to be a common phenomenon when something absolutely heart shatteringly unreal occurs that you never would have imagined in your wildest nightmares coming true or when your whole world is just turned upside down by something so fundamentally shocking and painful, this happens. The fuck it factor, in my opinion, can be an incredibly powerful resource and mobilizing energy that for women who are used to abiding by the good girl scripts, and really care about being liked, which I'll put my hand up here as someone who would be devastated once upon a time by the idea that another person might not like me. This blast of clarity that nothing matters and everything matters was the fire starter in me and the emergence of my true creative identity and my bigger, bolder wants for my life. My sister's traumatic death at age 30 wouldn't be in vain, you know. I made a vow that I'd live in love and express on her behalf as well. But it's tricky because the initial intensity of the fuck it factor that spurs on this courage, it doesn't always last. And that's actually a good thing for the nervous system that the intensity doesn't last because this kind of heightened state isn't sustainable. But what I'm interested in is how to effectively channel this darkness towards courageous leadership and change-making in ways that don't burn us out or continue to re-traumatise us. Because it's women stepping up in courage, choosing themselves and not denying their complexity and full expression that will demonstrate to generations to come what is possible when hearts are open to one another and the planet on which we live. So you might be listening and totally vibing with me here, but thinking, cool, now what? (laughs) How on earth do I just start showing up like that? 
And my love, it is actually your yes that's important here. It's your longing to see, receive, and implement a different kind of leadership that is the first port of call. In working with many, many hundreds of women now, I can verify that it's in the artful, spacious, and sensuous practice of feminine embodiment that a bridge between sorrow and power can be built. And this is what Sensual Alchemy School is all about. This bridge that we form is is through the act of being held, heard, and seen by others, by unlearning and unraveling harmful programming that perpetuates these stories and beliefs, but that live in our nervous system patterning, that are fostered by trauma bonds and through culturally limiting scripts related to what's acceptable concerning our emotions, our identities, our grief and loss and sensual and sexual expression, all the things we understand as taboo and shameful. So it's taking your sorrow and shaping it into the bones of your leadership. It's learning to believe that your life experiences of the dark all the excruciating, agonizing, painful losses and traumas that you may have been touched by actually offers something extraordinary to humanity. And not just the fact that you've had these experiences, because so many of us have, it's that you decided to explore what might happen if you moved closer to them if you softened in their presence and welcomed these life events as the fucked up, heart-cracking, wisdom-enhancing, beauty-illuminating gateways that they are, and that you spoke to this, you showed yourself to others in this fullness. This is leadership that heals everyone touched by it. But you can't move into this leadership work alone. I believe feminine leadership is collaborative leadership. It rests on the premise that when we're connected in openness, creative flow, ritual, and collective longing, we are more powerful. So to truly shed the patriarchal confines of what leaders look and sound like, how we behave and set change in motion, We're asked to get messy and real and explore the gifts found in our pain and sorrow and in our pleasure and joy together. And I want to reiterate that I don't buy into the bypassing around grief that says everything happens for a reason and to find gold in the loss. Pain is pain. Loss is loss. It's fucked and unfair, and there's never any way of grieving that's better than any other. You have no responsibility to make anything from or of your darkness to prove something to the world. So I'm not here to preach that this is somehow the superior route and it's your job to take your shitty loss and make it into something important and significant. Nope. 
Yet if you are someone who feels pulled towards expressing, creating, and stepping into leadership as a result of your lived experience of sorrow and devastation, then there are ways to be supported in that process that honor you and your loss and alchemize it into power to instigate personal and social change for the betterment of us all. I think we all have a choice as to how much of ourselves we want to bring into our work. And this kind of leadership is not for everyone, nor nor should it be. And you'll know if there's more space in your leadership for more of you. You'll know this because you may have felt some barriers towards accessing your full creative potential. You may also be someone who often self-censors and then after the fact is aware that your message or your service has become diluted and lacks the full impact that you desire to have. I truly believe and have experienced that when we make space for our grief, loss and personal wounds to be welcomed, it opens up this whole new universe of creativity. We're not spending so much time and energy attempting to fit ourselves into a box to stay palatable, appropriate. And so in loosening our grip on how we think we should be showing up, the ways that feel good and alive in us and that attract those we wish to serve, then begin to surface. Oh, so I wonder how that's landing in you. What is coming up for you? Because, you know, I've been riffing a lot today about this kind of new approach to leadership for women and shadow work, grief and power in ways that I hope have initiated some real reframes for you and inspired you to lean in a little more to the dark as a place where your greatest impact can be recognized. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, the Women, Grief and Power five-week immersion, we open tomorrow, we start, we kind of start coming together, but there's still until the 6th of October before classes begin. So check it out if you're kind of late to hearing these podcasts, if this is all news to you, then if you want to be doing this work, surrounded by other women in ways that will truly change your relationship to your own personal power from the inside out forever, then head straight on over to katelipa.com slash power or see the show notes for this episode to get the full lowdown of this online course. It's going to be really rich and so beautiful. And please do share the episode, this one, any of the episodes that have landed for you with other women in your life who you think will really appreciate this message. You know, they might be women going into childbirth, into mothering, into new careers, into creative pursuits or building a business. And whatever precipice a woman stands on where she can make huge impact if she recognizes the power available to her in her greatest traumas, grief, and sorrow. These are the women that I'm speaking to. So 
if for you personally, you're like, yes, I am here for this. And you're really benefiting from these conversations. Please do rate and review this podcast. It is so helpful because other people can find the Sensual Alchemy School of Embodied Grief and Pleasure and the ripple effect can reach more creative feminine leaders. And I'm just so grateful for you being here. You know, this is not easy work. It's big work. And, you know, I'm here for it. And I know so many of you are here for it. So I celebrate you. I truly, truly do. And I'm really looking forward to being back with you again for another deep, juicy conversation next time. So much love. Speak to you soon. Thank you for joining me today on the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. If you found this episode supportive or something landed for you here, please share it with your friends, family, and anyone who you feel might benefit. If you're loving this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to ensure that we can keep bringing you the conversations you need. And if you want to connect, please find me at kateleeper.com or over on Instagram at kate.leeper. I'd love to hear from you.